Hello everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We are very excited because today we are joined by Poppy Strong, who is a 150 Grand Prix show jumper. (laughs) And yeah, we're really excited to get Poppy on and talk all things show jumping. So Poppy, welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Pleased to be here. (laughs) So Poppy, the first question we wanted to ask you is what has your equestrian journey looked like so far? So I was quite lucky to be born into horses. My mum was a show jumper and my dad was a jockey. So then he trained racehorses. So my whole childhood has been all horses. Although I wasn't very brave at the beginning. So it took me until I was about seven or eight to actually canter on a horse. Really? Uh, Yeah, I was not confident at all. Um, I can remember my parents screaming at me to try and make me canter. And I actually was just too scared. And now you're jumping 150. Yeah, but I am still scared. (laughs) I just uh, just try and hide it. <laughs> They're still screaming at me. <laughs> so how come you went into show jumping instead of racing? I feel like it's quite a controversial thing to say, but I feel like it's quite a mainly like it's mainly men in the sport. And at the time, there weren't many girls in racing at all there is now it's kind of changed now but when I was younger that's the way it was and I kind of just went straight into show jumping because of my mum's side and also my dad would be racing all the time so only really my mum was available to take me places so we ended up going show jumping together and doing ponies and getting onto horses so yeah that's so fun do you feel like your life would have been completely different had you gone into racing Probably. My brother now trains racehorses with his wife and so there's quite a lot of racing still in our family and my dad still heavily like loves it and is really interested in it. But um, yeah, it would have been very different if I had gone into racing, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. I'm glad I've come into show jumping and done that instead. And my parents actually, we buy and sell horses as well. So that's the main part of our business. So although I'm show jumping, we're selling horses all the time. So trying to produce horses. So there's a whole family connection there rather than just me. Do your parents, as in your mum, is she like your trainer then? Yeah, both my parents, we all all do it together. We all try and agree on what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) How do you find that? I would say it can be quite hard, but we all get on so well and we've never really we don't really have a crossword obviously sometimes we have different opinions on horses but in the end it's usually if we all link together and work it out then it tends to work quite well yeah we because we've had this conversation in the past about like families that are completely horsey and families that aren't because like my mum's my trainer and she's also Evie's trainer so it's like it's just interesting like how the dynamics of different people work yeah do you find it hard or Um, depends on the day (laughs) (laughs) one of those so what's your business setup like so we buy young horses like four and five year olds we've actually got a three-year-old at the moment but we buy them broken in so i don't break any horses in and then we produce them what we tend to do is like get them going nicely take them to a couple of shows we usually cross-country school them because our main market is eventing to the eventers we've sold quite a lot of good event horses that have gone on and gone to the top of the sport so we've got quite a good name and doing that rather than it sounds silly when I'm a show jumper but rather than selling show jumpers we usually sell event horses so it probably should have been an eventer to be honest but there's always time for a career change well yeah we can help you with the dressage (laughs) yeah I I would quite like some help with the dressage (laughs) and my one of my main owners she's also loves eventing so she's trying to persuade me all the time but we're not there yet (laughs) so with the young horses something that I 
that's just popped into my head actually is what are your thoughts in terms of like the young horse classes for show jumping so i think it's good if your horse is ready i don't agree with pushing them to jump those classes i think the four-year-old classes are really good they're on style and performance so if your horse is riding nicely and it looks good and it can jump around a tiny course then you're gonna do well it's great for selling horses like if you can get them jumping the five and six-year-olds but they are quite big so if your horse that's what i mean because i've seen videos before and I'm like god those fences are massive yeah so if your horse is like really well developed then it works but if you've got one that's a bit backwards it can encourage you into pushing the horse a bit too early I think so if you are listening to the horse then you'll do what's right for the horse but some people will push them a little bit too early just to get the sale which I don't agree with but if your horse is ready then it sounds exactly like dressage then doesn't it like we've got some here that we're like oh we could do young horse classes with them and others that we're like no they're, yeah, they're not <laughs> ready. no point yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a four-year-old that I bred and he probably would be ready by the time he's five but he missed all of the four-year-olds because he's not ready at all and I've got a five-year-old that is not remote he wouldn't even be ready for the four-year-olds but then like a seven-year-old I've got who's a very good horse he's been ready for all of it even if he's not experienced just because he's that forward thinking but I think it's just hard to know what you're supposed to do with them just whatever they're ready for really so if you had to do a different discipline what would it be and why well, eventing. Eventing? <laughs> um, really? As, as much Even as though I, you're a bit ne- like nervous jumping the big ones? Yeah. Think, wow. Yeah. Why are you so anti-dressage? I just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it I mean, to be fair, oh. yeah, it, it is a bit boring, isn't it? I don't know. I don't hate it. I think if, <laughs> I have, I've never had anything to do with it. Yeah. Whereas like because our horses are sold to eventers and also I think eventing is quite a good sport that if you get a horse a young horse even if you've only got one you can manage to get that horse to the top level if you're good enough and the horse is good enough whereas actually in show jumping I was talking about it with Simona's a few days ago that with a show jumper like I've got a very good seven-year-old if I produce him to the best of my ability and he's the best he can be I still won't be able to get him into the top shows that like he would deserve to go to I'll never be able to get him into them without having a whole team of horses behind him whereas with event horses if you have one good horse you can get it to like a Blenheim or a Burley or whatever. Why is that sorry I'm a bit confused. Because in show jumping you kind of you have to have so many ranking points to get into the three star four star five star shows and it's so competitive and there's also you can buy your way in to those shows whereas in eventing you can't do that you have to qualify so they have to get their I actually don't know what it's called but the whatever they have to do like double clears at whatever level and then they go on to the next level but so if you have one horse you can still do that it's just going to take you a couple of seasons whereas in show jumping unless I get four or five top level horses I won't be able to produce that good horse I've got to the top level which is why you see so many show jumpers selling their horses to other professionals having more horses almost increases your odds of getting those points that you need to then oh okay I didn't know that yeah and also it's like year round so they last your points last for a year I'm pretty sure. So you need to continually be jumping the big classes and keep getting ranking points because if you've only got good horses for a season, you're out of it quite quickly. God, that's really tough. Yeah. God. That's way worse. God, we've thought about doing show jumping before, but I don't think I want to now. No, I think you'd be better off eventing, to be honest. Yeah, because I always thought, oh, if I did a different discipline, I'd pick show jumping. Yeah. But now... (laughs) So you can't be a one-trick bony? No, you can't, no. Wow. You can at a national level. You can at national level, but yeah. you couldn't go and go internationally and yeah. expect to go. Like, yeah, if you if you got put into shows by, like, a selector or something, you might get a wild card into shows, but it's not going to be sustainable for, like, longevity. 
So how would you, like, get to Olympia or Hoys? Well, you'd have to get high on the rankings to get into Olympia. Really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. So that's why we see the same names just yeah, over yeah. and over again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they need to sort that out, don't they? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's because they're good. So yeah, they stay at the top so. level. But it's a very hard thing to break into. So Yeah, well, that's exactly it. Because it's like, even if you're... Obviously, you have to be super talented to get to that level anyway. Yeah. But if you're trying to almost like you say break through yeah that's really tricky because you need a lot of horses yeah so the horsepower and also the temptation to sell those horses is going to be so high at that level because there's so many people waiting to buy your horses when they start going well so you're tempted to sell them anyway unless you can afford to keep them you're going to be struggling to have enough horses to keep going with god we're learning so much about show jumping <laughs> i'm making it sound terrible <laughs> <laughs> So obviously we've just spoken about how tricky it is to get in at the international level, but if you had any main piece of advice for somebody wanting to get into show jumping, what would it be? So to get into show jumping, I'd probably say that you should base yourself with a professional. I'd try and invest in like good lessons and just keep going. Try and go to shows and really watch people in the warm-up as a free way of learning so much. Like I'm sure you have the same in dressage that you can just learn so much from watching people at big shows in the warm-ups. You get to go and watch them like at Olympia and Windsor and so on. You can go and watch them even on the flat and how they manage their horses, what they do when they have them ready to go in the ring, what their grooms do. Everything's so interesting, like how many jumps they have before they go in, what type of jumps they do or even when you want to get your horses going I'd definitely just invest in the training do more training and less shows and then when you're really ready you can go to the shows and you'll see the benefits of it talking about the different warm-ups like what do you mean in terms of like how many fences they do and because obviously from an idiot's perspective as in like (laughs) someone that doesn't know anything about show jumping I just see them jump and I'm like yeah they cleared it that's going (laughs) well I don't think of like the technicality behind it but obviously there's got to be it's just I can't see that because I don't know anything about it so so. it's totally dependent on the horse you've got like if you've got a sharp horse you probably won't want to jump too many fences in the warm-up and if you've got a horse that's very careful you probably won't jump it too big in the warm-up because you just want to well you're basically there to warm the horse up aren't you you're not there to win the class in the warm-up but we say that all the time about (laughs) dressage I'm like oh look they won the warm-up yeah like you'll see some people are jumping massive in the warm-up and actually the horse will go in the ring and knock three jumps down but if you see the professionals they just do things slowly they also take their time quite a lot whereas I feel like when people are just starting out and they're kind of nervous kind of rush the warm-up and want to get every jump you possibly can you probably get people like flexing as well don't you like yeah Yeah. how big I can jump and you're like yeah okay yeah which is (laughs) completely irrelevant because it's not going to work in the ring (laughs) i've seen videos of show jumping warm-ups though and they look absolutely terrifying they they tend to look quite small like the arena itself like there's a lot of you in like a small space yeah and also like at lower levels it can be a bit carnage but i suppose there's there's a few bigger arenas that you can you get to warm up in but yeah no it can be it can be quite dramatic and circling back to what you said about how it's good to base yourself with the professional have you ever worked for anyone outside of your family not really. I've ridden a little bit for Peter Charles' young horses. But other than that, no, I've not really been based anywhere. I had so much on and been so busy selling the horses, I've never really had time to go anywhere. I've also thought that because I've got a base at home and I'm not having to pay rent, I'm very fortunate for that, that I can actually make the most of that and try and like capitalise on selling horses quite at a young age. Although it's quite 
conflicting because I'm not sure whether that would have been a better idea or not. I'd have had to start again when I came back to sell horses to make it happen. So for me, it seemed a better idea just to crack on and get going when I was younger. However, yeah, I would have loved to have gone somewhere and learnt a bit from watching other people. What would you say the difference is between like European trainers and shows versus English? So the British shows, you'll find like at a national level, our distances are quite short. So Sorry, idiot point. <laughs> Do you mean between the fences yeah. or where you're going? Yeah, between the fences. Okay. <laughs> so like a double, like the distances are very short, which is very random because when you go to Europe, they're so much longer. They Like they'd be an extra two steps when you're walking on a normal distance. You'd have just so much extra room for your horses to jump. And the courses tend to be a lot more flowing. I think that the British shows are a little bit behind in that respect. Like the European shows are a lot more forward in that they have invested a lot in their show centres. And although the British shows are doing really well, they could catch up. And what do you think about the prize money involved in show jumping? Because from a dressage point of view, I'm just like, that is why we need to be show jumpers because it's ridiculous compared to ours. But is that just like for the big shows or yeah the prize money's good like plenty of opportunity in britain as well there's loads of opportunity to win good money in the grand prix classes like a 140 grand prix is still decent money like you're still gonna have a lot of profit if if you win and you're doing well and the young horse finals they do big bonuses which are great so when they have the Lanarkin qualifiers which are the world young horse championships the qualifiers for that you win a big bonus if you go clear every day and that's shared out between those that go clear every day in each respective age class so there's loads of opportunity for making money and you're probably not going to make a living but yeah we don't make a living either so (laughs) (laughs) one thing I wanted to ask you Poppy is it seems to be a trend at the moment for show jumpers to sort of implement dressage within their training regime and I was wondering whether you could talk to us about sort of the ins and outs of that like in terms of what flat work do you sort of do yeah so I mean you guys could maybe help me on the flat (laughs) that would be very helpful so before now I have not done loads to be honest with dressage in my show jumping I've just kind of worked my horses how I thought was helping me more recently I've had a little bit of help on the flat from a friend which has really really helped me and just getting other people to have a little sit on the horses and see what they think that's really progressed my horses especially my older horses jumping at high level one of them was previously ridden by a big guy in Ireland so it's been quite a big change for him to be ridden by a small girl and having someone help me on the flat has massive helped how I find him like his rideability has changed dramatically but I've only really done that in the last month or two wish I'd done it sooner so is it like a standard just a dressage lesson or is there anything particular that you do like is there leg yields or is it just sort of like getting them soft in the hand and like what yeah just kind of getting them soft and like a bit more adjustable so like a couple of mine are quite big horses and you need them to down a distance in between the fences you kind of need to be able to make a decision if you want to go short or you know if you if you need to ask for a longer stride their reactions are good so having someone else sit on the horses or help me as well on the flat and just give me someone standing on the floor and just give me some advice has massively helped me to just get my horses working a little bit better in between the fences I tend to find as a show jumper you get them cantering nicely and especially having produced young horses you just kind of get one canter whereas at a higher level you need to be able to get the time allowed so you're going to have to move a little bit and get a little bit more forward 
so yeah dressage has massively helped me with that because in dressage we talk about like having different gears yeah within the trot got like collected trot extended trot pf passage but they're all different speeds so like yeah. the same thing in, in canter for for you and as well like you if you can get a half halt between your yeah. fences that'll help and if you've got that extra gear to like yeah and that's what i've lacked before and i think a lot of people are moving more into doing that and just being a bit more technical with it like it's very easy to put fences in a in an arena and just go oh just jump the course but i mean they put distances on a half stride all the time in bigger classes to catch you out so if your horse isn't working properly you're going to walk into a fence because you can't actually adjust your horse enough there are a lot of show jumpers as well that i see come into the ring that i'm like oh that would make a really nice dressage horse yeah like the canter some of the canters that the grand prix show jumpers have i'm like wow (laughs) yeah a lot of our horses are really powerful behind actually yeah Yeah. and they would probably do very good in pure dressage yeah there's other one you don't want as a nice canter actually yeah i do have one (laughs) i can sell you a horse too (laughs) but i think like the fundamentals of training a horse from the beginning is all the same like whatever discipline you do like you need to have walk trot and canter in a straight line yeah forward back stop turn so it's kind of like you can almost start a horse get the fundamentals there and then it can go in any in any direction yeah and that's the way we start all our horses so they can go and do anything and then at least they've got a good basic knowledge of every path and then whatever suits them they can excel in we'll try and sell them towards that and aim them to be in that frame Okay, so you mentioned at the beginning that you were scared to canter, age seven. Do you ever suffer confidence knocks when you jump? massive fences or yeah 100 percent. do you so, fall off a lot like i don't mean that as in like, <laughs> like you know really bad i mean yeah, like i'm actually terrible <laughs> but like in show jumping like is it very common to fall off because like obviously in dressage like i feel like touchwood i'm actually oh my god scared. don't say that we're actually gonna fall off tomorrow it, yeah it's quite unusual yeah to, I mean, like, you don't fall off. fall off loads i hope not like i hope to not fall off i did have one bad fall when i was younger about five or six years ago a horse in a warm-up flipped over on me and i broke my pelvis what after going over a jump no like I actually had a pair of drawings on which you guys will hate and uh, a horse in front of me flicked its tail and mine spooked and the drawing got caught on her bit and then she flipped over and landed on me and at the time we didn't realize it was that bad but 12 days later when I went to the um, hospital I'd broken my pelvis in two places and after that I have a massive confidence knock on sharp not sharp horses but if they rear at all I just want to get off straight away so that's really cruel that you fell off not jumping in a way (laughs) yeah you know terrible isn't it they thought I'd um, bruised my coccyx so blue chip the winter championships I was warming up for the Grand Prix and they didn't realize what was wrong with me so I went home that night and it was just the most awful pain I've ever felt in my life also that's so horsey as well isn't it like oh you've bruised your coccyx and it's like you've broken I've actually broken your pelvis yeah (laughs) you definitely shouldn't be moving no (laughs) I broke my back and I rode the next day because I was like oh I'm fine I've got like a carpet burn on my back yeah (laughs) no (laughs) no I know I got on the horse and couldn't feel my legs and I was like whoopsies yeah (laughs) that is terrible yeah yeah well you know horsey people are just nuts aren't we I know so when you jump the big fences, what 
like feeling do you get back if you feel like a little bit of nerves are you like no I can't do it today or yeah like it depends what horse you're sat on like if you're sat on a luckily um thanks to my parents are great at picking horses and selecting them I'm usually sat on quite a good horse so I'm not too worried ever and I don't ask them to do something they're not ready to do so if I'm not really ever in that position but I definitely get nervous like I'm not a person that doesn't get nervous I do always get nervous and I tell a lot of people that I teach that it's good to be honest about it because is so many people I'm teaching get so nervous but they think that I don't and like they kind of get shocked when I say no I am really nervous all the time especially if people have invested in me or like if I'm showing a horse to someone I know that they have to go well and our business depends on it so I tend to get very nervous when I'm showing a horse to people or customers and then if owners have invested in me I so badly want the horse to go well for them that I'll end up being really nervous about it and actually I was at a show at Chard a couple of months ago and someone stable opposite me was a really nice person saw me being ner- like quite nervous before I jumped and said to me a really random one but told me to eat scrambled eggs for breakfast <laughs> and I've done it every day since and I haven't been as nervous so maybe oh. it's working <laughs> That's wonderful. I think we should try that. So is it nerves in terms of like pressure and wanting to do well or actually jumping big fences or is it like a combination of the two? I'd say I'm probably not scared of jumping a big fence. Like that wouldn't bother me. But I definitely get nervous for the pressure of doing well but in a good way like I kind of like to be a bit nervous if I'm not then I'm kind of not really wanting it enough yeah but I definitely get nervous on young horses that are a bit sharp or a bit tricky I'm definitely windy I definitely I get off as quick as I can (laughs) they only have to look like doing something wrong and I'm off (laughs) I used to event before obviously doing dressage and when I say event very low level like pony club stuff when I was younger but I never had a horse that was particularly good at show jumping yeah and it wasn't until I tried a horse on behalf of someone else that was an ex-show jumper that I popped him over a fence and I was like god that makes such a difference actually having a horse that can jump I know that sounds ridiculous yeah but like the horse knew the stride in yeah and also when he jumped I felt as though there was so much scope yeah. that I was going to get over it whereas in the past I was always like having to almost like lift yeah, them up over it thinking like, I hope I'm not going to fall off if you feel they can't do it then yeah. I think that's the problem like where we sell event horses you'd think that I would do eventing but I've always been nervous cross-country schooling or anything to do with eventing and I think that's because when I'm doing it I'm always schooling a horse that's never done it before so I've never been on a horse that's actually been cross-country so I've never got any confidence from it whereas I think if I had a bit more of a nicer experience then I'd probably enjoy it a bit more going back to when you asked advice on getting into show jumping it's having the right people to help you buy horses because if you've got the right people helping you it can make a such a massive difference if you've got a horse with good quality ability and it can actually has the talent to get there then you'll have so much more chance and you'll enjoy it so much more it'll just be a much better experience whereas if you buy one that's really green has no idea what it's doing you're never going to enjoy it and you'll probably go back to doing something else when I was younger I did pony of the year show oh very good and I <laughs> was the most stylish rider in the 11 and under class because oh. I did a double clear round so I was convinced I was going to be Ellen Whitaker when I grew up and then the next year I took a different pony who would throw me at the first fence yeah and I think that was the last time I ever jumped yeah like, properly because I I was you know 12 or something and I was like can't do it that's yeah. too much for me I'm gonna stay just not jumping anything yeah see I was really nervous until I had a very good um 14 two pony so I jumped 
I started to jump the bigger classes on him and because he was so brave and so genuine I think that's what pushed me into it because I probably would have been like that as well my smaller ponies I had were quite tricky but then when I got a good one that changed everything and made me want to do it as a sport and going back to when you said you had your nasty fall do you have any advice in terms of like almost having to regain your confidence back after having such a knock no but I'd love some advice on it (laughs) (laughs) I suppose you just need to regroup and just go steady because like even now if I have a horse rear up with me I'm really worried about it so I suppose I haven't actually got over it completely but being on nice horses all the time gives me a lot of confidence and also what I tend to do is if there's a horse or like young horses that I don't know much about and they're not broken long or something I will get help from my friends I've got quite a few good friends that are confident riders and will help me out when I need it so a few of them I definitely call on them to come and help me ride a few and and it just gives me confidence to watch someone else on the horse which I think is a good a good thing to do yeah because I do think there is a bit of a taboo within the equestrian industry in terms of like losing your nerve or having confidence issues I don't know whether it sort of transcends to the old days of being gung-ho and you know you're only good if you're really confident but I think it's almost better like you said earlier to be transparent about it because everyone has nerves you know however good and however talented you are and also everyone has the ability to lose their nerve as well like it only takes one bad experience yeah exactly and like if I I could pretend I'm brave all the time but I wouldn't wouldn't get as far with the horses it takes just being honest and giving a friend a call to come and help you when you need it yeah because you've also got to think how are your nerves going to affect the development of that horse especially the young horses like I often say don't I like they don't need a rider that's questioning everything they're doing exactly and like when we're showing horses to customers all the time you have to be really careful of that as well because if you have a nervous rider come to try a horse it's better to just be transparent and say exactly what that the horse is green and it's probably not going to suit that person because the horse gets so affected by one bad experience And, like, we can't afford to have the horse go back ten steps. So you have to put the horse first and the rider as well. Yeah, and I feel like some clients are almost like, oh, well, you're the professional, you should ride everything. And it's sort of like, actually, I have more respect for somebody that has the insight to take a step back and say, look, me getting on this horse isn't going to do it any justice, I'm not ready, than someone that's just going to, like, jump on and potentially ruin the horse. But I do think that there are some clients that are a bit like, well, you mustn't be good then if you aren't going to ride absolutely everything. Oh, yeah, so many people say, like, that I'm pathetic because I won't get on them. I mean, a, a lot of people as, as a joke as well. Like, it's only, uh, only it's a person. It's not funny, comment. though, is it? <laughs> yeah. It's not funny. I have the exact same thing. And they're yeah. like, oh, you're such a wimp. Yeah, and I'm but- like... Yes, but I want to live, yeah, um, exactly. so I'm not getting on I'm it. I'm fully <laughs> accepting that I am a wimp, yeah. No, I'm quite happy to admit that and get off. Whereas, I don't care. What do you do if clients say, like, oh, can you just get on and, like, uh, show I me? won't do it at all unless the horse, like, comes and bases at mine. I like to have it in my control so I know what it's being fed, I know how much is going out in the field, how much work it's having... I can lunge it and make sure it's going to be okay. <laughs> We're literally the exact same. I, I think that's be. fair enough, though, because it's like your body is your business yeah, with exactly. equestrian, you know, and it's like you can't afford to just take the risk of, like, getting on a horse and then falling off and really injuring yourself because then you can't exactly. keep your business going. And for not very much money as well. No. So, like, what's the point? <laughs> and usually no not a very talented horse either. Yeah, you know? and there's, there's usually a reason why they're asking you to get on a horse. There's always a problem. I mean, they're not asking you to get on for a nice ride, are they? So Also, just talking, like, safety terms. Do you wear a body protector? No. 
Do you not? No. Because I feel like that's been like a taboo subject within show jumping, yeah. hasn't it? It's become a lot more of a thing. Like everyone's wearing these air jackets. I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Kind of considered it, but I haven't got round to it yet. It's quite a vanity point, though, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I love my jacket. Oh, <laughs> I spent so yeah, much yeah. money on my jacket. <laughs> yeah. I'm not covering it with an ugly body pleasure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it might become a thing that's like you might have to wear one at some point, but. At the moment, I'm not quite ready to do that. <laughs> I do massively think, though, the hat you wear is really important. Luckily, I'm very fortunate to be sponsored by um, Charles Owen. I went to their uh, headquarters to go around the factory, and it was so interesting to see all of the tests that they put their helmets through and the way they do everything so well. It's really impressive, and I would never wear a different hat after going into that. The hat I wore previously definitely doesn't get tested as many times as a Charles really? Owen. So. I wear Charles own as well i feel like it, it really suits the shape of my head i know that sounds really weird. yeah i love them they look so good so talk to us about the social scene within show jumping is it like julie cooper i mean i wish it was <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as interesting as that book but it can be fun I guess like when I was young I feel like I'm a bit old now and I just watch Netflix and go to bed but like when I was younger more interesting yeah it was fun and I, we have quite a good group of friends so the bar's always quite busy and it's always fun especially like the tours in Spain are very fun so like a Sunday night everyone goes out to the bar and then everyone's drinking which is great <laughs> unless you have one too many or whatever but um no no it, it is fun and it's a nice group of friends that we've all known each other for a long time usually <laughs> see like compared to dressage there aren't many like big social groups one because i think there aren't so many people that do dressage and i don't know if we're just not very friendly either <laughs> like in general but is like lorry hopping a thing as in like like in general because that never happens in dressage i feel like i have not lo lorry hopped <laughs> just <laughs> so putting like, that out there just putting it out there that i i don't do that <laughs> I'm firmly in my lorry with my door locked. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of lorry hopping going around here and there. You do hear about it. So like, if you're at a show, would you say there's a big support network among the other riders? Yeah, I'd find that everyone's pretty friendly. So like, if you have a problem, like if I was at a show on my own and no one could come with me, I know that I'd be all right and everyone could, you know, step in and so there'd be someone there to hold a horse or warm you up or whatever. You can just kind of join in with anyone everyone's pretty friendly and helpful which is quite nice actually would you say there's ever like wild beef or gossip like flying around the show yeah room? sometimes but i mean i feel like that's just life isn't it <laughs> with show jumping is it very much show jumpers date show jumpers because like i know in other like sports that's the case like rowers date rowers and athletes date athletes is that the same with like show jumping yeah i guess there's quite a few show jumping people in relationships with other show jumpers i try and probably try and avoid that <laughs> <laughs> um no but there there is like it does can work quite well a lot of people put their businesses together and if that works for them then i guess that's great and other people keep it separate I quite like to keep my personal life and my business life separate if I can. Yeah, no, you can date a show jumper if you want to. <laughs> we don't have that again, do we, really? No, no, and we can't date, like, outside of our discipline either. It just doesn't work. Why? Uh, because so show jumpers date show jumpers. Oh, I you see know? what you mean, yeah. They you don't dress a, no, date a dressage rider. <laughs> no, no. No, yeah. I have, don't know any show jumpers that date any dressage riders or no. eventers, <laughs> actually, in fairness. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
So with dating within the industry, is it difficult when you then break up with them and they're still at the shows in the same business? You possibly would have to work with them in the future because, you know, like you might not want to see them again. Yeah, like in normal normal life, I guess if you had a normal breakup, you don't have to ever see them again, do you? um, (laughs) uh, Luckily, I've only had one equestrian relationship and... um, it was quite an amicable breakup. So, yeah, I'd say that it's fine. We're friendly and you have the same group of friends, so you soon get over it and get on with it and just wish them the best in the sport. And if you do business in the future, then great. That was a lovely answer. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've only thought about it ten times. <laughs> <laughs> Rehearsed it in the car. That's a real answer. <laughs> That's don't do yeah. it. <laughs> Now moving on to a question that we ask all of our guests. What is your equestrian ick? Well, I have quite a lot. So <laughs> how? where do I start? I with the, Start with the worst one. The worst one is uh, when they're rude to people in the warm-up. Oh, when there's someone trying to steal the jump and they're just so rude, or if they're rude to the collecting ring staff, you know, when you're going in the ring, I think that's horrendous. It's like being rude to a waitress or something. Yeah. How do they steal the jump? Hogging it. Yeah, hog so the jump. So do they have someone, like, stood there? Like, yeah, and, like, just try and be folded, like, oh, like... I'm next, or whatever. What do you do in that situation? Are you just, like... Just let them carry on, like... Yeah. Just think... They're just swinging it around the, the warm-up, <laughs> aren't, they? aren't they? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's not the one. Yeah, we have that in dressage as well, actually, don't we? Like, rude people. <laughs> I don't remember anyone swinging it around don't the warm-up. <laughs> Um, do you have people in dressage that try and wear sunglasses when they're riding? <laughs> Actually, my sister does. <laughs> <laughs> only because she can't see. Is that, is that your next day? Yeah, that's my next day, yeah. yeah. Is that like a thing, then? Oh, my God, it's horrendous. Really? Like, yeah, what, just, like, like the like curved round ones? Oh, like, yeah, like proper sunglasses. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't know like, that. How can you see a stride when you're wearing sunglasses? Like, I just don't know how yeah, that works. No. Yeah, a lot of my friends say the same thing. Like, you can't. And also, like, if they're just dressed badly, like, if they've got dirt, <laughs> dirty boots, like, if they're not in Toscana jumpers, are they really, like, doing this? Like, Isn't it? I'm not the, even sponsored by um, them, but. <laughs> you're like, get out of here. Yeah. Get out. Isn't it that if a show jumping guy is, like, not actually that attractive, he'll wear his white jumpers to the bar? Oh, so, to can... know he's a, so show he's a rider? Yeah. Yeah, that's gross. Like, would that be in it? Well, they yeah. think girls will then sleep with them if they're a rider. I think that's what they think. But, really? You know, you does also, that work? I feel probably. like it, it probably does work. But like, do they not realise they haven't showered before <laughs> they got to the bar? Yeah. Like, I sometimes I see photos of certain show jumpers and they're wearing white jumpers and they're clearly at a bar and I'm like, yeah, I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I can't believe that works though. Like, I get with other I mean, horsey they, girls, they'll be like, everyone's yeah. a boy that rides. Like, yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't yeah, think but if they're at like if, hoys or something. Yeah, yeah then they'll look good. Like, that aren't horsey. Like, why is he wearing white trousers <laughs> <If they> look- <laughs> and black knee-high boots? What's going on? If they on? look good in their jumpers, then maybe it's a... Sometimes you see a bit much, though, don't you? Like, when they're really If their jumpers are too tight, that's a problem yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no one wants eggs, to see yeah. your tighty whities <laughs> no. through your jumpers. Yeah. Okay, if you could sum up show jumping as a sport as a whole, 
what would be the highlight for you? Um, my highlight is I love working with the horses. So day to day, like I absolutely love what I do and seeing the improvement in horses is amazing. Then when you get to the show and your round goes really well and it feels really smooth and you get the result you want, doesn't need to be, like, you don't even need to win, but just when you feel like the improvement's there and you've produced a horse really well or something's gone well for an owner or even if you sell a horse and it goes well for the client and they go on and are really happy with what they've bought from you, there's nothing better than people enjoying it and you feeling like you've got something out of it, got a good result from your sport. And would you say, do you prefer teaching to almost, like, doing it yourself or do you still, like, what... I don't teach very much I'll teach like a select few I absolutely love riding if I could just ride horses all day long and not have to do any of the rest of it (laughs) I would just do that (laughs) like I love and stupidly I love like brushing them and I love it to be honest I'd love being a groom as well which sounds ridiculous (laughs) but like I just love being around them so if I could just have my horses doing it all day constantly on a horse on and off a horse I would just do it like that and go to shows as much as I possibly could I'd absolutely love it and being in Spain and in Oliva it's very lucky to get there but when you get to go and enjoy Enjoy what all you've worked for because basically I spend my whole winter teaching and doing clinics and selling horses so that I can afford to do the sport how I want to do it and then when I get to Spain I can forget all of that and fully concentrate on being a rider for three weeks I I joke to my friends that I'm pretending to be a show jumper <laughs> but like I literally am when you get to Spain you fully enjoy it and it's like your own time doing the sport that you really love so that's my highlight. What does the future look like for you? What do you want it to look like? My future? Well, as long as I'm... This sounds really cringy, but as long as I'm enjoying it and I'm still wanting to still produce all the horses, like I love having young horses and producing them to a high level. Obviously, in a dream, you'd love to be doing all the five-star shows, but it's very, very difficult to get there. A realistic approach would be that as long as I can afford to do it in the way I want to do it and go to Spain with my young horses, produce them, sell them and see how we get on next year and have an actual team of horses doing it properly. Oh, that sounds amazing. I think we're going to be cheering you on the whole time. (laughs) And if any of our listeners are looking for a show jumper or a venter, get in touch with Poppy. (laughs) But anyway, Poppy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's okay. And we will see you next week. Love you. bye. Bye.